What would happen if we give everyone an invitation to the table, believing everybody has something to bring and every generation some wisdom to share? What would happen if the passionate people of God became known for building bridges, making connections where there were once divides? What would happen if the love of God sparks a movement, transforming our own lives, our relationships, our communities? Let's find out together. Welcome to Bridged, a podcast about connection. Welcome to the Bridge Podcast. I'm Stacy Martin, and I'm glad you're here. As you can tell, I'm back in my closet, week two of the COVID-19. Uh, we're all staying in place here in North Carolina, and I am joined by my friend Christina Sloat. You guys are going to love this conversation. Christina is our family ministry director at our South Boulevard campus. She's originally from Mexico City. She is a mama and a wife and all the things, and I think this is going to be such a good conversation. Christina, I'm so glad you're here. Hi, Stacey. Thank you so much for having me. So tell us, tell us a little bit about yourself. Sure. Um, so yeah, like I said, I'm originally from Mexico City. Um, so grew up in Mexico, lived about half my life there. And um, I um, spent a whole lot of time in California um, where I met my husband. We got married there. Um, our kids were born. So we have two kids, um, Jake and Julia. Jake is 10 and Julia is seven. And, um, and yes, so, you know, live here in Charlotte, moved here about six years ago and um, found Forest Sale and made Forest Sale our home. And, um, and then now, you know, been um, on staff in family ministry for about three and a half years, which is kind of crazy to think. Yeah. That's but, amazing. Well, before we even press record, you and I were talking about kind of the COVID craziness. Our yes. kids are not too far apart in age. And so we were talking, or well, really, or I was lamenting. You were, you sounded positive and upbeat. I was like, <laughs> this homeschool nonsense is crazy. I've got no power. I have lost all power, all control in my own home. It's just, it's lawlessness. It is the wild west. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I can definitely uh, relate to that, Stacey. And I think, you know, we were talking, we were like, our days are just a logistical circus in my house right now. You know, we have, um, you know, we feel like we're just been thrown into this like unprepared scenario, you know, and it's just like, okay, we got to figure it out school. And we got, you know, both my husband and I are working and uh, from home. So, you know, juggling um, that, you know, with the kids and making sure everybody gets fed and, you know, all of that stuff. So it, it's been definitely challenging. I mean, you know, we, um, there's days that they just seem like very heavy because that's also part of it. I think just emotionally, it's been um, a very, um, you know, heavy um, a time where, you know, we know that there's just suffering and, you know, that, you know, um, this whole crisis is affecting people all over the world. And so our hearts are heavy as well. And so that, you know, creates some sort of tension as well. Um, it's been interesting yeah. to watch my own kids process because, you know, I've got these two wild boys and on the surface, they're all boy, you know, everything just rolls off their back. They're just rambunctious. They love not having to go to school and be at home, but I've noticed a heightened sense of emotion out of all of both of them, specifically my youngest, John, all of a sudden, I mean, he's got big emotions anyway, but there's a lot of tears. Um, both yeah. of them have been having bad dreams at night which yeah. we don't normally do at last three nights they've had bad dreams. And it's really interesting to think about how all of this is trickling into their emotions. You know, you, you think that you yeah. set up, you know, you, you've got your house on guard. You try to, I've always said that moms are like the barometer for the house. You know, we set uh -huh. the temperature and the tone. And Absolutely. so I've tried to keep it like that, but still it trickles in and it really affects them. Yes. Yes. You know, um, just a few weeks ago, Todd Lesher and his wife, 
Abby, you know, they, they reminded us of that, that it's like, we really as parents kind of set that tone, you know, and, and our kids just kind of are looking at the ways, you know, how are they responding to this? You know, are they stressed out? Are they, you know, losing their cool? Are they, you know, um, impatient? Like all of those things. And, um, and I think their emotions, you know, we're kind of like regulating those emotions for them. So, Absolutely. yeah. Well, this weekend's message was so interesting. Um, Jonathan Scott preached at the South Park campus. And then who preached for South Boulevard? Um, Roland. Roland, Roland did. did. Mm-hmm. Well, that's what's so cool about our South Boulevard campus is that um, it's in, we have two services, but we're airing a, a service in Spanish at 1115. So yes, yes. anybody who's listening, if you've got someone who is a Spanish speaker and would love to hear that, you can find that on our YouTube channel as well. Or if you want to learn Spanish too, you know, can just jump in and. You know, I minored in Spanish in college and lived in Costa Rica and I have lost all of it. <gasps> Stacy, see, 1115, just, you know, put your closed captions and then you can still kind of, you know, read the, the English um, subtitles. But then hearing the Spanish, that's, that's just a great way to um, learn a language, you know, just by hearing it. Well, I need to do it because I am I am ashamed. Yeah. I carry yeah. the weight of shame that I might, I might <laughs> and I've lost it all. My brother-in-law, he's from Mexico, and he will uh, occasionally, you know, say something to me, and I'm like, oh, please don't make me answer. Please don't. Make me answer. <laughs> I know what you said, but please don't make me answer. <laughs> yes, it's it's yeah. If you don't use it, you lose it for sure. That's true. Well, this yeah. this weekend's message, Jonathan talked about the parable of the four soils, and um, this is it's such a neat neat story, but, and I think so applicable to what we're going through now, but Jesus taught so often in stories mm-hmm. um, and we call them parables. That's what, what a parable is. Why, why do you think Jesus taught so often in, in story form? Yeah. Um, you know, I, I think that Jesus really um, knew his audience, you know, and, and he knew that um, he wanted to convey his message and his truth in a way that people would understand it. And so, you know, just like using common language, you know, using scenarios that were like familiar to them. Um, I think he was able to connect um, that way. Um, and I also think that he used parables uh, in, in, in his teachings because he wanted people to remember, you know? And, and so I think, it, you know, stories is something that you're able to remember um, and, and yet it, it's not something that is imposed to you, right? I mean, obviously Jesus had, they're simple stories in his parables, but they, um, there's a deep message, right? There's a deep spiritual message that he was, um, that he was conveying. And, um, and I think that when people um, listen to those, those parables and those familiar scenarios, um, they were able to connect, but they were also able to um, sort of like self-discover, you know, and understand like what that message was and, and that provoked some sort of a, action in their lives, you know? Well, how does, how can this play out with how we teach our kids? I mean, I think you come with a really unique perspective, not only being a mom, but your career is trying to teach kids deep spiritual truths. You know, I mean, from, I'm looking at behind you right now and I can see our art studio which is for preschoolers. So how does this play out and how we can teach our kids? Yes, absolutely. And, and it is the base and the foundation of like what we do in our studio, in our exploratorium, and, you know, even in our advanced messages, you know, um, because storytelling is, is so powerful. Um, and, and as parents, I think that, you know, we, we have a unique opportunity to, uh, to share stories with our kids. 
um, you know, find, um, just like Jesus did, like we, we need to know our audience, right? And we need to know how our kids are learning. We know that, like for example, young children, they learn through their senses. And, and that's how they're, you know, connecting and making sense of the world. And so when we share stories, um, you know, we're, we're able to, um, we allow them to visualize um, some really deep concepts that otherwise may be too abstract for them. Um, and so I, I think it, it's, you know, as parents, you know, the more we share stories with them, you know, parables, but also like our own stories, our own life, you know, or telling stories about, hey, you know, let me tell you about grandma and, you know, when she went through this story and when she went through this scenario, when she had that experience, you know, this is what she learned. Um, and also I think um, when we ask, you know, when we share a story with our kids, right? Um, you know, whether that is a book or, um, or a parable or, you know, I didn't like that answer, but I think that's a good one. I th but I think you're right. Like if we look at the stories, I mean, I was, as you were talking, I was even thinking about, um, so I've lived in Charlotte my whole life. And in 1989, Hurricane Hugo came through mm -hmm. and I'm the oldest of three girls. And my mom, um, we lived in Charlotte and my dad was traveling for work and my mom was home by herself when this hurricane ripped through Charlotte. And I was only seven at the time. And my middle sister was four and my youngest sister was one. And mm -hmm. I remember my mom going up into the attic by herself in her nightgown with buckets and tarps. I remember the, um, we had this like awning over our kitchen window and it broke from the house and like went through the window. And I was telling my boys that story the other day and it was, and I was able to tell them and like, what bravery I felt thought my mom was so brave. I remember as a kid thinking that she was doing something really hard and scary, but she did it because of how much she loved us. Yeah. Even though my dad wasn't there that she was able, and my mom's real tiny. She's like five one. And I just remember thinking, you know, thinking of her in her nightgown going upstairs and, and what she did to make sure our house was safe and bravery when things could have been really scary. And it made me yeah. think about even in this COVID time, how, how we tell this story later on and then how our kids are going to tell this story. Cause it's right, right. such a crazy, crazy moment in history. Right. Um, I, I think Stacey, you're, you're absolutely right. I think, you know, sharing those stories with our kids and pointing back of like, you know, how God was faithful back then and, you know, and how, um, you know, we demonstrated that self-control or the bravery or the love or the compassion, um, you know, the generosity in, in those times where, that were hard. I think those stories can be really powerful for our kids. Mm -hmm. Well, this parable of the four soils talks about four different types of soils. Um, one is, uh, and it talks about a seed. It's a seed in a soil, the connection between the two. So one is about a seed that has fallen on a well-trodden path and before it can sink roots into the sea, into the soil, a bird snatches it up. The next is a seed that falls on rocky soil and it can kind of snake its, um, its roots through, but before those roots get to get deep, it gets scorched by the sun. Um, the other one is a seed that falls in an area that's got a lot of weeds and thorns and it gets choked out by all the thorns. And then the fourth soil is uh, the rich soil where the seed is able to grow its roots deep and find nutrients. Which of the seeds have you been able to identify with over the years? Yes, you know, that is a great question, Stacey, because I feel like um, I've been in, in different parts of my life where I've been in different soils um, and my soul has been in different soils. You know, I can definitely identify, um, you know, with the rocky one, for example. 
um, where, you know, uh, there was a time in life in my, um, in my teens, you know, when I was about 15, 16, um, you know, my, I, I knew Jesus, I knew about Jesus, but I didn't really pursue, I was not pursuing him. I was not, and my heart was not convicted and I was not really pursuing a relationship with him. Um, and, you know, and, and then I, I went through some, some rough, you know, uh, parts of my life, some, some real, some heart crises, you know, I, I lost my dad, you know, around that time and um you know i was kind of looking for love in the wrong places and acceptance in their own places and and all of that and so i think that when that trouble came you know my faith was not was not solid and you know i it couldn't stand you know those troubles and so for me i was just, it was very easy for me to just walk away right and so and I did that for a few years, kind of just walked away, you know, did not, didn't really, um, even though I, I knew of the presence of God, um, I, it was not, I was not pursuing him, you know, but the beauty is that God is always pursuing us, right? Mm -hmm. And so even though I was just walking away from him, he was still after me. And, and now looking back, I can see how, you know, uh, he, he brought people in my life, you know, he brought scripture in my life. Um, he brought me out of, you know, difficult situations where, you know, that was really, you know, looking back, thinking, wow, that, that was really a miracle that he brought me out of that, you know, mm -hmm. um, and that I now I'm able to share those stories, right? Because like how God uses that, uh, those moments also to uh, minister to others later on in life. That's really cool. Absolutely um, cool. Yeah, yeah. Um, and definitely, you know, um, I have been also in places where, you know, the, the word choking, right, by the thorns, that's just so accurate and so real, um, because I've been choked too, you know, I've been um, distracted by idols, right, and, and by my own self, and, and putting my own needs and my own wants before the Lord's. Well, it's so interesting, Christina, like you were saying, you really remember a time where you felt like a seed that had fallen on rocky soil when your dad passed away and you were a teenager. And honestly, my, like about starting at 15 for a very long period, my life was exactly the same. But then there's been periods of time where I've really felt this choking, like this idea. I think that's such an interesting word about how things choke, choke out the seed, choke out growth. Have you experienced that too? Absolutely. Yes. And, and to be honest, you know, that is something that I continue to struggle at times. Right. Um, but it, there has definitely been um, times in my life where um, I have put, you know, my own needs and my own wants um, before the Lord's. And so um, that, that seed just cannot flourish. Right. My, my heart, my soul is just so distracted by um, by things around me, by idols, you know, whether that is um, work or, you know, or, or self-image or, you know, um, the world and culture and, you know, and an achievement and trying to have control, right? Like the control over things, that's a big one. Um, and so, yes, definitely um, I can relate to that. And, um, and I just have to remind myself, you know, to um, that I need to seek um, his kingdom first, right? As he calls us to do. And, um, and then, um, because yes, it, it's, it, it's so easy. We, we live in a world where there's so many distractions and, and so easy to, to have a pure seed that is um, 
unable to um, grow and flourish um, well, because of everything way, right now with this whole COVID-19 thing there is just everything that's going on with COVID has the potential to just choke out what God could be doing what what could God be doing in all this yeah yeah that, that's a great question um because you're right it really feels you know it could feel at times where you know you're choking I mean we're constantly being reminding uh, reminded of you know, cancellations and limitations and, you know, and, and chaos. And so at times it could feel that way. It could feel like, where is God in all of this, right? Um, but I think that, you know, God is always at work and we we have to trust him and we have to believe that he is. And, and you know, and he's true to those promises. And, and we can always, you know, look back and see how, you know, God has really carried us through crisis and, and difficult moments, um, not just us, but like history, right? Like, I mean, you, you go way back and you can see how God has worked and, you know, things for good. That's, that's one of his promises, right? That he will work everything for good. Um, and, you know, the way I, I think, I think God is, is really trying to, realign us spiritually um and i think taking away you know we're talking about those idols and those distractions and and things that you know really take our time and our mind and in our um and our focus away from him i think he is redirecting us you know to him um and so i think this is a way um that god is going to use this uh, for his own glory right when we recognize um, that we have zero control of everything, but that he is in control of everything. Um, I think that is a, a start of, um, of wisdom and a start of truth and a start of a, a deeper connection with him. Yeah, my husband and I, we were sitting on the end of our driveway watching our kids play in the cul-de-sac and we looked up the street and there's a family that lives on the corner that has three kids and they're all high school and middle school and the oldest is um, a junior in high school. And they're all in sports, like mega sports. And that family runs all the time. I mean, they're in a thousand different directions with different sports. And, and there they were on their driveway playing cornhole together at like four o'clock in the afternoon. And I told Mike, I said, you know, they're, they're never going to get this chance this time with their kids ever again. You know, Jack's getting ready to go to college and the girls are getting older in sports. Like what a spectacular time. Yeah. to reclaim some intentionality around family and God is the God of all families and all shapes and sizes and all formations, you know, hundred percent, you know, I, my husband and I were just talking about something similar. You know, we, he, um, he travels a ton for work. So he's, a he's gone a lot. Right. And, um, you know, I'm working and our kids are both in school and they go to after school care and, you know, and, and we have not a ton, but you know, there's some other activities and sports they're involved. So, we are that family that we're always running around and we're always, you know, um, but we value our time together. Right. And we value meals together and we value. And, and right now we have that opportunity to like, you know, we're having three meals together a day. Like, wow. You know, we, what we could God be doing that? right. And, yeah. and, you know, and, and we, you know, we, we take walks and the same thing, you know, we're noticing families walking together and families spending time together and working in the yard or, um, or, you know, um, caring for each other, you know, in ways that, um, you know, just in, in our, before this whole COVID thing, like we were not doing, right? 
So well, that's how I even think we can help our kids live above the circumstances. And I've been trying to help my kids is to think about what God could be doing in this, because I think sometimes when they see the world so black and white, like good versus evil, superhero versus villain, you know, what, where is God in this? Does, did God cause this virus? Is, did the devil cause this virus? How, I, thought, I thought God beat the devil. I mean, there's so many questions in their little minds about right. good versus evil that what, at home, we've been trying to talk about what God could be doing in this. Like, look yeah. at the special things that are helping, you know, that are happening. Look at the helpers. Look at yes. people coming together. I mean, there's, there's, some, there's a movement of God happening, and I think it's so important for us to help our kids realize it, even even, and honestly, helping my kids see it helps me see it. Oh, absolutely. I think that we need to constant um, be pointing, you know, the good in all of this, because when we're almost like a reflection of God, right, as parents. And so that's when we model those things and we practice those things and, we've, um, and we teach those things and celebrate those things. Um, I, think, I think, again, you know, you, you go back to how kids learn. And I think, um, you know, they start making that connection. If they can see, make that connection and, and our response and, and where our hearts are, um, you know, then I think we're helping our kids respond to God in that same way. Absolutely. Well, one of the things Jonathan talked about at the end of his message, and I'm sure Roland did too, was this idea that about spiritual amnesia. And it's so funny. If, if people have been listening to this podcast for a while, they know I've talked about the sacred art of remembering. There's something the Lord has been telling me about like leaning into remembering and like what the value of exercising those muscles. And Jonathan talked about the opposite of remembering is amnesia, you know, forgetting. And yeah. that when we forget, it keeps us tethered to our current circumstances. Yeah. That, that remembering God's faithfulness is what can help us live beyond it. Yeah. What, what have you learned about God's faithfulness in the past? Yeah, you know, I've learned it, it's hard, right? It's hard when you're in the midst of that crisis, of those, uh, those hard times and that hardship. Um, it's, it's hard to see um, the big picture, right? It's hard to see uh, God at work at that moment, um, especially if we're like focusing on, you know, the bad and if we're focusing on, on the hardship. Um, but I've learned that when we, when we turn that corner and when we, um, we, we put our trust in God, right? And because we have to remember that, and I think Jonathan mentioned this, right? I mean, God is still God and he loves us the same way, regardless of the circumstances that we're in. Um, and, and, and he's still at work, right? He hasn't changed his mind about his promises. He hasn't changed his mind about um, how he loves us and how he cares for us. And so we just need to remember that I think, um, you know, that who God is in all of this is way more and more important than what we can understand of our circumstances. Um, and he sees that big picture and he will take it, you know, he will guide us through. He's right here with us, you know, right now. Well, I yeah. love that there's like little symbols that we can keep to remind us. I, um, when we first started this call, I saw your, and I don't know if you can see it, your beautiful necklace that you wear. Yes. And um, it's, I mean, it's really, it's really a story about God's faithfulness. It looks like oh. a heart with a cardiac line. I mean, that's a big story of God's faithfulness in your life. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, Stacy, you know that um, uh, about a year and a half ago, um, my husband had a heart attack 
And it really came out of the blue. I mean, we're sitting one day, you know, it's a Saturday, he's grilling, he's been working in the yard, it was a beautiful day. Um, and all of a sudden, you know, he started feeling, you know, just like having trouble breathing, you know, he would go up the stairs, and he's like, I'm not feeling well, you know, he's not one of those like the complaints a bit much, but you know, he was definitely uncomfortable. Um, next thing we know, I mean, he's in the hospital, right? And he is, um, you know, we're learning all these things about, um, you know, he's obviously in a cardiac arrest and, you know, and, and they have to put a stent in. And I mean, everything just went boom. And like, so scary. Our, our whole life, right? Our whole world just like changed in one minute. And, and um, I remember just driving to the hospital, right? I mean, we, we had to sort out like, our neighbor came in our house, you know, and, and watched our kids and I, you know, went to the hospital and, and I remember that drive, right? And I remember just, um, just asking God, God, just like, what is happening right now? Like, God, just, you know, help me trust you. Um, you know, like he's in your hands. Like, I, I remember just all of that, right? Um, but just really, you know, there was a part of me that was uh, sort of questioning, right? Um, this, and it, and I remember this conversation that I had with God and I was asking him like, you know, he's a, he's a faithful servant, you know, he's, he's a good husband. He's a good father. Um, he loves you, Jesus. Like why him, right? Why is this happening to him? Um, and, and how am I going to explain this to our kids? Yeah. Right. And so I was just kind of like having all these feelings and emotions and thoughts, right. And just trying to make sense of all of this and asking God, um, you know, for some clarity in here. Um, but, and, and as soon as I got to the hospital, you know, and, and I learned that, you know, he was having surgery and all of these things and, and he was stable, um, I reached out to my life group. Um, we've been together for about five years and, um, you know, just great girls and, and, you know, they're dear friends. And, um, and I reached out to my, my life group, I asked for prayer, um, you know, and, and I let a couple of neighbors know and that sort of thing. And um, I kid you not, Stacy, like within an hour, like we had childcare covered by our neighbors. You know, we had meals in our refrigerator the next day. Um, we had, I mean, my phone was blowing up with, you know, scripture and encouragement and, you know, and, and people's messages. And I mean, I, I just, fe I felt at that moment, you know, God saying to me, we've got you, you know, I've got your family. I got you. I got your husband. You guys are going to be okay. So, I mean, if that's not a story of God's faithfulness and I think about what that does even for your kids, cause they, even though they were younger, they experienced it. They saw God show up. And now when they look at you and your necklace and they like, that's a, that's almost like an old Testament story. You know, we see the, um, the Hebrews constantly being reminded of all the ways God showed, you know, constantly having leaders say, remember when I walked you through the Red Sea, remember when I got you here, because they keep forgetting. And I just think it just reminded me when I saw your necklace that like you have this, this monument of God's faithfulness that tethers your family back to the goodness of God over and over again, even when things get crazy. Absolutely. And, and, and we are, you know, we're stronger because of that, you know, and we're healthier because of that. And we are able to make some wiser choices because of that. And, and, um, and, and our hearts are, you know, in a much better place as far as our gratitude, you know, towards God and, um, and how we, um, 
our priorities have changed, right? Um, we're able to, um, to focus on what matters the most. And, and, and that is something that I feel like it, it comes from being in those places of, of pain in those places of trouble, right? Well, I think that's what's going to be my personal homework in this season of coronavirus is that to figure out what are the little monuments that I can, you know, the little literal or, or, or figurative monuments that I can put up around my home that remind my kids of God's faithfulness in our past, but also in our current place. Like, mm-hmm. what is, I mean, we've got stories of job loss where God showed up and delivered and of, of scary times that, I mean, every family has these large markers, you know, and sometimes it just takes us recalibrating our gaze to look at them as times of God's faithfulness. So that's going to be my homework for myself is where can I, where do I need to recalibrate my gaze to see the hard times as monuments of God's faithfulness? I think that's a great challenge for all of us, you know, um, especially I think parents, you know, um, for us to to uh, remember those and point our kids to that, you know, um, like you were saying, you know, remember the helpers. Um, that, that's always a good one. Well, would you pray for us? Would you pray for um, our listeners who need help recalibrating their gaze, the ones that need um, help remembering God's faithfulness, maybe the ones who feel like their soil is rocky or or hard or getting choked out. Would you just pray for them to um, experience God's faithfulness in this season? Absolutely. Absolutely. Dear Heavenly Father, um, we just thank you so much uh, for this time together, for this conversation. I thank you for my friend Stacy, and for um, all of the listeners um, and all of the people watching this conversation. Um, God, uh, I lift um, all my brothers and sisters around the world, God, um, God, that we, um, we, just, we just soften our hearts, Father, um, that in this time of trouble, that in this time of tribulation, Father, um, we are reminded of your goodness, of your kindness. Um, God, your word says that you will never for, uh, leave us or forsake us, God, that you are a God that is uh, for us and not against us, God. And um, I just pray, Father, that we would trust your word, God, that we would trust your promise, that we would seek you, Father, um, that just the same way that you pursue us, God, that we would be the ones pursuing you right now, Father. Um, God, would you work in our hearts? God, would you uh, fertilize our soil? God, would you um, create an environment that allows for us to grow in our faith and our spiritual God and our, uh, our spiritual walk with you, God? Um, God, I just, uh, I just thank you in advance, Father, because um, we know that you work things for good. And you know that you are here, God, in the midst of all of this craziness, God. Um, And I just pray that you would give us strength, that you would give us wisdom, that you would direct our path, God, our conversations, our families, God, and that, that God, that we would just enter um, this week, this day, Father, with a heart full of you, full of gratitude, and full of a desire to connect with you in deeper ways. We love you so much, and it's in your name that we pray. Amen. Amen. Thanks so much, Christina, and thanks, everybody, for joining me again this week. I can't wait to see you again next week where we have something special planned. I can't tell you what it is yet. Don't (laughs) want to ruin the surprise. We've got something special planned for next week. Thanks so much for joining us, Christina. Thanks again. Thank you, Stacey. See you guys next week.